For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. But the Ashes series has been a massive talking point this week, and so it should be, uh, the, the pinnacle in the cricket crown. Will it go ahead? Won't it go ahead? It was in serious doubt, and for some cricket journalists here, they were really concerned, uh, especially after a statement was released uh, by the ECB uh, that really had a lot of people worried that, um, that, they, that it might not go ahead. So there was concern. Uh, but now we seem to have, have had our fears allayed, more positive sounds coming out uh, of England. So we thought we'd head over there just to test the mood. And the uh, cricket editor of Talk Sport, the number one talk station for all things sport uh, in the UK, is Jonathan Norman, who's been good enough to jump on the line with us. Jonathan, hello to you. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, hello. Can there he know? is. Jonathan, hello, mate. Hey, mate, sorry, I, I, I hope I'm worth the wait. That's you absolutely are. We are live on air, by the way, but, uh, hey, we, it's, not about, it's not about how you get there as long as we do, uh, and we're there <laughs> well, now. Welcome. Thanks for your company. Well, that could, uh, that could pretty much uh, describe the shenanigans going on surrounding England. Uh, will they or won't they get to Australia? As you say, it's not a question of uh, how they get there. It's whether they will. Um, and it does look this week uh, like uh, Joe Root and his men will be winding their way to Australia, many of them via the UAE, um, to arrive at some point next month. And uh, there will be a collective sigh of relief, um, probably more so in, in your part of the world than in, than in ours, because, of course, uh, whilst you talk about uh, cricket and the Ashes being the pinnacle of the sport, you know, the financial black hole that would have been in the middle of uh, Cricket Australia's summer doesn't bear thinking about. Yeah, we're, the, the, the money on that around $200 million, uh, apparently it's worth to us, Jonathan. So you're right, there is a significant cash component. Uh, that, you're right, is incredibly hard to fill when you can't put on the, the biggest draw in cricket uh, and in test cricket. So take us through it from a, an English point of view. So we've, we look at the response that comes through on our text machine here and, and the people that call in, and it's pretty split. Uh, some people saying, you know, suck it up and get over here, while others are saying, geez, I don't know if we're in the position to be lecturing people on how they um, decide to or not to decide to go and involve themselves in international cricket, given uh, that Australia has pulled out of South Africa in recent times, which would have cost them a heap of money. Uh, they've sent um, uh, more of a lesser-known squad to the West Indies after some players pulled out after IPL. What's been the mood in England with this, Jonathan? How are the public responding to the back-and-forth that's going on at the moment? Well, I think that there was a fair amount of sympathy a couple of months ago. Um, I think what we need to remember is that a lot of these players have been in bubble life for the best part of a year and a half. Mm. And last year when COVID hit, there was a kind of belt and braces approach, wasn't there? There was a kind of, we've got to save the game, we've got to do what we need to do. Uh, the players, uh, the administrators, everybody connected to the sport kind of came together and put themselves into some, uh, some pretty... Uh, pretty strict living circumstances uh, to make sure that the cricket was played throughout the English summer. And of course, Australia came over, so did Pakistan and West Indies. 
But fast forward a year, and it's just, we're all just fray, fraying at the seams. Um, in all likelihood, Ben Stokes will not make the tour. His, he'll miss his second Ashes um, tour away in the peak of his career uh, because of mental health concerns. Um, Joffrey Archer, of course, is going to miss as well because of, of injury, uh, as will Ollie Stone. So, you know, there's, there's injury problems, but there's also mental health problems in and around this. I think, though... Um, uh, the, the the feeling of in this country was very much behind the England cricketers up until the moment the ECB decided not to tour Pakistan for four days, and it kind of switched because of course we have seen over the last year and a half teams pull out of overseas series, the ones you just mentioned. England pulled out of a Bangladesh series, out of a Sri Lanka series, and out of a South Africa series. Some of them, I'd say, uh, the Sri Lanka one in particular you can absolutely understand why they did so. But to pull out of an Ashes series so soon after really um, uh, leaving Pakistan in it, after Pakistan came to England when there wasn't even a vaccine uh, and had to go into quarantine themselves, to pull out of an Ashes series, I think, would have, would have pushed things a little bit too far. Now, whether it was ever going to be that way, and of course the ECB still haven't confirmed that England will tour, I tell you what, I mean, I've spoken to some of the players and the mood coming out of the camp. I would say six weeks ago, it almost looked, um, it, it almost looked nailed on England wouldn't tour. You know, there was a bedrock of the, of the team that were de determined if their families couldn't get in and avoid quarantine, if they were really going to be asked to travel to the UAE for a World T20 and then Australia, essentially go four or five months without seeing the family, well, they weren't prepared to do that. I think now we're in a much better place. I think that Cricket Australia have worked very hard alongside the Australian government with the ECB to, to kind of put in place some assurances. But uh, still, as we speak now, still no, st we still haven't had absolute confirmation the series is going ahead. And if it is, which players are going to go? Jonathan, what do you think prompted the changing of the mood? Because it, it, I, I, I'm with you. It, it did seem to me like, geez, I, I'm not confident here. It does really sound like there's some heels being dug in. It sounds like the genuinely players do not want to come. Um, what do you think has softened the stance? Take us inside what you understand that's gone on in the negotiations. Because one thing that stood out to me is Cricket Australia have been very diplomatic. They've been very calm in, oh, no, we understand. It's okay. We're working on it. We're talking through. They have been very, very humble, it seems, in the way that they've approached these negotiations, publicly anyway. Well, I think, I think one of the things that happened is that some of the players made their feelings known to the public. Um, I think there was a feeling that the players needed to be united. They were either all going to go or they all weren't going to go. And what happened a month or so ago was that a couple of players, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad for two, came out and said, we will tour Australia, we want to go to the Ashes. And that was followed up with some of the fringe players who may still play a part. Dominic Best, the off-spinner um, from Somerset, Dan Lawrence, uh, Kent and England batsman, both came out and said, we will tour. Um, alongside that, there were some other players that you kind of knew would go. You know, Johnny Bairstow, he's a cricket badger. He's going to get it. He's going to want to be out there. Hasib Hamid has only just come back into the England team. Uh, and I'm not quoting him directly, but you've just got the feeling he hasn't got kids. Um, he's, he's been five years on the sidelines. He's going to go. And when you start totting up the numbers, you start to get a picture that actually where the real kind of 
problem, for want of a better word, comes from is from the heart of the side. Players like Joe Root with the young family, Chris Silverwood as well, the coach. Uh, players like Chris Wokes, who is essentially facing five months away from his family if they couldn't have toured the UAE. Joss Butler, who missed a test match against India uh, to attend the birth of his second child. Again, a multi-format player. Is he really going really to walk away from his family for the best part of four or five months? You know, these guys, when you also add Ben Stokes into the mix... This is the heartbeat of the side. Ben Stokes won't travel, we don't think. So it's about a core. It's about the heartbeat of the side. And it was those guys that needed convincing. So I think when the reality of the situation came to the fore, i.e. it's not going to be all for one or, or all for none, it was, it's come down to the core. Um, and that's where the work done by, the, uh, by Cricket Australia, uh, by the ECB, to essentially try and meet these players halfway to tell them that their families can come over um, and not have to sit in a hotel room for two weeks before joining the, fa joining the players for essentially a week before having to get back to the UK for the start of their new school term. I think that's when things started to change for the better. We're speaking to Jonathan Norman, who's the talk sport cricket editor in the UK. Hey, Jonathan, when Tim Payne made his comments and said, look, it's going to go ahead with or without you, so if you want to play, if you want to come, come. If you don't, don't. Did that really rile up the players as much as we're led to believe, or would they have sort of realised that, ah, that's Tim Payne being Tim Payne, that's part of the, the theatre of the ashes that all goes with it? Did it have as big an impact as as some have reported it did? And and if so, what was really the impact? Was it offence of the players, or was it, all right, we'll come and bloody show you? What was the real response to Tim Payne's comments? I, I'm not sure it really it made too much of a an impact on the players. Mm. I think as well, look, Tim Payne's comments, which were on the SEM, weren't they? Yeah. Breakfast show. Well, actually, in relation to a comment by KP. Weren't they? KP they were. and said, no way, they're not touring, all this kind of stuff. And Tim Payne actually just was referring to KP. KP actually... I saw him tweet about it. He said, you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> what, yeah. Tim Payne, what Tim Payne said is fair enough, actually. It's not about me. It's about the current players. I'm not sure. It's, I think that's all just been added to the... To yeah. the yeah, it's what we talk so, about, isn't it? I don't think the players themselves would be too bothered. So, Jonathan, how far away are we from your view and from what people are telling you there? How close are we to getting this absolutely locked in, 100%, fully ticked off? And what do you feel are still a couple of the hurdles that need to be overcome to get that ratified? I think that, I think the the overarching problem is one that would never be resolved, and that is the uncertainty that surrounds COVID mm. and the situation in Australia, much like it is everywhere else. The fact that the England players um, want to know, essentially, what will happen if there's a lockdown in Victoria. Um, will they be able to travel to uh, Queensland? You know, the border situation in Australia is very different from in England. You have a federal country there, so your, your Prime Minister could come out and say whatever he likes. If the the premiers of Queensland and Western Australia don't want to do what he says, then they won't do what he says. And I suppose that's different from over here, where if our Prime Minister says what's what, uh, the rest of the country has to follow. And I think, essentially, it's that kind of uncertainty. You know, it's a two-pronged problem. Getting into Australia and the quarantine that's going to be there in place. But then what happens when we get to Australia? What happens if England are in Adelaide, the families arrive in Victoria... And then suddenly there's a rise in COVID and there's a snap lockdown. 
What happens then? Um, I think that essentially is the last hurdle for the players mentally to get past. I'm not sure if there's an answer, um, but I can understand why you'd want to know that answer, even if it's not forthcoming before you head it over to the other side of the world without your family. Yeah, and it's a, it is, and it's a, I think it's a fair concern. And well, well, it's a completely fair concern, and I know there are in Australia, like there are in England, there are people driving their cars, listening to this, going, "Ah, oh, stop your whining! You're a well-paid <laughs> sports person. This is your job." Bloody palms, you know. <laughs> Soldiers have it harder. If I'm working on an oil rig, I'm not going to see my kids for six months. Yeah. Yes. But I also feel sorry for soldiers and people who are working on oil rigs. It yeah. does not matter how much money you earn, okay? Your kid wants to see the, the, your dad, right? It doesn't matter if you, you're living in a big house. Your kid wants to see your dad. And to, to walk away for four or five months not knowing whether you're going to see your kid, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter how much money you earn, that is a problem. I know that they are um, looking at some alternatives where and how, and I think a lot of this is going to hinge on how they bring the players and families into the country in the first place and where they set them up, which could make a real big difference as well. There's talk of resorts in the Yarra Valley, um, which is uh, north of Melbourne, but in regional um, Victoria, which has um, easier freedoms of movement at the moment in the current situation. So there are so many workarounds being considered at the moment, Jonathan. The good news is that we've still got a couple of months, really, to, to, to get this sorted. And um, it's looking now more positive than it has in a long time. So we just keep our fingers and toes crossed that the, the talks continue on in the, the generous manner that they are and that the fears can be allayed in, in the best way possible. Um, when it comes to the series itself, though, what are your what are your thoughts? It, it, England have done an, a remarkable job in continuing to keep international cricket thriving. I think you guys have played eighteen or twenty tests uh, in the same period of time that Australia's only played four. So you guys have played a lot of cricket. You, you come, you know, with plenty more uh, miles under the hood, so to speak. Um, how are you viewing the series itself? Well. <sighs> You know, I was at, I was in Australia uh, in 2010-11, the last time England won, and the only time we've won in Australia since 1986-87. This side is nowhere near that one, um, and the Australian bowling attack now is far superior to the one that England came up against in 2010-11. My feelings are that England are going to do well to win a Test. I think the batting is extremely fragile. Mm. Joe Root is on the for is in the form of his life, but apart from that, there's not. There's not much to, to shout home about. Uh, and the bowling has been decimated. You know, Jofra Archer missing out is a huge blow. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Stone is a guy that won't get mentioned too much over there. Um, but again, a huge blow. Two bowlers capable of hitting 90 miles an hour. We know that's what you need in Australia, as well as, as, well as having a, an assortment of tricks. It means that England have only got one of those types. That's Mark Wood. And he's not going to be able to bowl five tests or from both ends at the same time. Four years ago, England came away from a 4-0 humbling. And the, and the story very much was we can never tour Australia again with four right-arm 80-mile-an-hour uh, bowlers. I was ju- uh, that was my next point to bring up, Jonathan. You take the words right out of my mouth. Continue. Well, exactly. And that, unfortunately, does look like 
what we were about to do. And the, and the other problem was, of course, Moeen Ali was hit out the attack. He essentially had his career ended twice by Australia. <laughs> and he's, 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 he's quit international cricket just before it possibly was to happen again. So England are essentially going to have to look to Jack Leach, a guy that they have looked the other way from the entire summer. Is he going to bowl? Um, well, possibly. Um, and then, of course, they're going to be throwing the ball to Jimmy Anderson, 39, uh, Stuart Broad, 34, 35. These two have had success to a degree in Australia, but, you know, I don't think they had much success last time. I'm not sure it's going to change this time. Chris Wokes, who probably averages around 60. Ollie Robinson has bowled really well in England, but again, third or fourth spells at the Gabba. His, his speed dipping to about 77, 78 mm. miles an hour. Again, it's, there's far too much resting on the shoulders of Mark Wood. Um, and it's a question about where the runs come from as well. The flip side of all this, though, of course, is that Australia themselves, as you may have mentioned, they've, they've not played any cricket, you know? No, we um, can't even get state games happening at the moment. So. Well, I've been watching, you know, one of, the, one of my... Um, one of my guilty pleasures, I suppose you could call it, is in the morning, I head over to the Cricket Australia. Where I'm such a saddo. Uh, <laughs> I head over to the Cricket Australia website and I click on the, and they do these great, you know, six or seven minute videos from the Shield games, highlight Shield mm. uh, from the day before. And I, I catch up with all that. And of course, that's just not been possible. No, there's just a tumbleweed rolling through cricket. and we don't even have tumbleweeds here. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. So, you know, you're going to come in undercooked. And we're going to come in so overcooked, half our team aren't there because they're, they're injured. So, um, I, I don't know. It's very, very difficult to see England winning more than one test. Um, there are question marks over your your, your batting. You know, is, mm. you know, has David Warner finally, you know, is he, is he, is he as effective at home as, as he was? Who, you know, is, is Pukowski going to play alongside him? You know, there's going to be a lot riding on Labuschagne. And Smith at three and four, but will Travis Head come in again at five? Cameron Green at six, Tim Payne at seven. You know, it's not the strongest batting order that England have ever come up against, but I just got the feeling. Nathan Lyon and that, uh, you know, shuffling a pack of fast bowlers, I think, really. It's, uh, it'll be a brave man to bet for England. Hey, Jonathan, let's stay in touch and we'll, we'll, um, we'll continue to monitor this story. And, and it's great to have you on to give the, the, the viewpoint uh, from over there. So we thank you for doing that. Uh, thanks for making yourself available. We'll stay in touch and, and catch up as this continues to evolve. Uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Yeah, I hope it was worth waiting for, eh, at the start. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Talksport cricket editor Jonathan Norman, uh, good enough to join us on the Sporting Capital and more positive sounds coming out of the UK, which is a good thing and uh, looking like this is going to go ahead. Touch wood, keep it all crossed. Um, it wouldn't be a summer without Test cricket and certainly when there's an Ashes on the way, we desperately need something of that ilk, don't we, uh, in the, the tough year that we've, we've all had. And, and we are very grateful and should be really appreciative of the fact that the England players are putting their hand up again. So um, that shouldn't be lost on us either. Can't wait for it. Let's hope. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.